0: Welcome to the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast with Savon Penn, Licensed Professional Counselor here in Portland, Oregon. Wherever you're at in life, this podcast will inspire and encourage you to be more brave in life and take the next best step between where you are and where you want to be. My guest for episode 42 of the podcast is Priscilla Klockner. Priscilla is a counselor who works with children and parents. She works with uh, ages uh, birth to uh, through teens, and she works with a number of different challenges that children and students experience. She does a form of therapy called play therapy, and in this episode, she explains more about that. Uh, Since recording this episode, Priscilla has also started teaching play therapy at uh, the Western Seminary Counseling Program. So uh, Priscilla is uh, one of the main people that I refer families uh, and parents to. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Priscilla. Okay, welcome to the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast. And today's guest is Priscilla Clockner. She is a uh, child therapist, a uh, uh, children's counselor here in Portland. And uh, Priscilla and I went uh, through school together. Um, it took me five years to get through uh, Western Seminary to get my counseling degree. And Priscilla, how, how long were you there at, at Western?
1: it took me eight years
0: <laughs> eight years so we were pretty much like uh, uh, priscilla's my classmate like for my whole, yeah. time, whole time there and we've had a lot of classes together priscilla is the counselor that i send folks to if they ask for help with their kids um and so i'm excited to have her on today thank you priscilla for being here
1: thank you for asking me and that's super kind of you <laughs>
0: The um, e- even though I uh I recommend uh everyone uh or you to everyone, um, I am interested in learning more about uh counseling with, with children. It's um, I, I, I just took one like workshop on on play therapy, so uh, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm I want to pick your brain about it, but also want to um, uh uh, hear your, your recommendations for, for parents um, and uh, so th- this is going to be a, a, a great talk but before we dive into the counseling piece uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background for listeners.
1: Okay um, well I'm a native Oregonian born and raised right here in Portland um, which I think might be a little rare these days. <laughs> um, I grew up in a family with um, I have a younger sister. My mom had a midterm miscarriage when I was four and it was a little brother Mm. and um, I think that uh, that had a pretty significant impact on me as a kid Um, but then a year and a half later my sister came along and so it's just the two of us and my parents and then Um, my parents split up when I was eighth grade, I think, and then they divorced when I was 16 and, um, Mm -hmm. finances were tight. And, um, so that all, you know, important times in my life made big impacts on me. Um, I went to college, started out going to college anyway, and then because finances were tight, I quit and, uh, started work full-time at the state health division, which is now called the Oregon Health Authority. But back then it was called the state health division. Um, I started, I did data entry, started out with um, HIV program and uh, communicable and non-communicable diseases. And that's where I met my husband and we got married and uh, I went back to school and finished my undergrad degree which I have a BS in healthcare social work from Concordia college. Um, and then we had our first kiddo uh, a few years later and um, hmm, and then let's see, I'm trying to remember. I, I thought that was probably it. I was gonna be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and when I think, about the time, my we had two kids by this time, um, four and two, and my pastor at my church said, I think you should go sit in on a class at Western in the counseling department and see what you think. And I did. Um, I went to Sandy Wilson's human sexuality class, and that was it. I was hooked, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I decided to go to grad school, and my husband um, fully supported that and um, because being home with my kids was super important to me, um, Western graciously <laughs> let me do one class a semester, which was why it took me eight years. Um, and then when I graduated, I had four children. <laughs> um, so yeah, you,
0: you uh, you started the, the counseling program with two children. I started with and two. So you had, you, two more. Uh, you also had two more. <laughs> yes. Uh, while going to going to grad school
1: yeah the, uh,
0: you, your your pastor's recommendation that you sat in on it uh, were you doing some type of ministry in the church at the um time?
1: i think so i think i was it, that this was a long time ago but i think it was um i think i was involved in family ministries <laughs> yeah. and children's ministries i can't yeah. remember timelines but yeah um, worked with the youth yeah
0: what when you went to college the first time Priscilla, were was your major um, uh, social work or or in healthcare?
1: It was it. That's what it was called: healthcare social work. So it was kind of healthcare administration and half uh, social work.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you you, so you finished that that track. You didn't change because of your your work experience. You you knew you had an interest in that.
1: I had already had an interest in in social work. Yes. And because I worked at the health division, I thought, hey, this would be great. <laughs> nice. And then um, I after doing my practicums at uh, for um, at Concordia, I decided social work was a little bit too broad for me and I wanted to be more focused. And so that's why. Um, probably why the, the Masters of Arts in Counseling was more appealing for graduate work.
0: Yeah. Tell, tell me a, a little bit about your like internship experience and how you uh, decided to, to narrow things down to your specialty.
1: Um, I work, you mean in undergrad?
0: Um, in, in grad school.
1: Oh, in grad how school. You, yeah. Right. Um, I did my internship at, um, Open House Ministries, (laughs) sorry, I had to think about it for a minute there. Open House Ministries in Vancouver. Um, And and then also I did a secondary one at the Dougie Center. I already knew I wanted to work with kids. So um, anything that I could do. I also Western at the time that I graduated had started a youth and adolescent track. um, Or a child and adolescent track I guess maybe it's called. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I took all those classes too.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, could you share a little bit about the Dougie center for listeners that aren't familiar with that?
1: The Dougie center, it's called the Dougie center for grieving children and their families. And it's a center for, um, kids who've lost a parent or sibling or some other main caregiver in their life. Um, they have it's a peer support group um so it's, it's not therapy it's uh peer support um they have um groups all the way from age three and now they've advanced it all the way up to like mid 30s i think um for um kids teens young adults um who've either um lost a uh, family member, like I said, a family member, um, like a sibling or parent or other caregiver, either through accident, um, violent death, suicide, um, illness. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, I believe it was 2014 or 15, I can't remember. Um, they started what's called pathways and I, had the privilege of being hired by them for, on contract to help get that going. Um, That was very exciting. And Pathways is for families who are uh, dealing with an advanced serious illness. Um, So Um, the parent or sibling has not died yet, um, but there's, their illness is significant enough that it could, they could. Um, There's not a specific timeline, you know, They don't say, you know, you have to be in your last six weeks of life or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But for, for people like maybe a parent has um, ALS or um, brain tumor, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's nice because uh, it's, I thought it was great um, to have someplace where kids can go and families can go to just work through that anticipatory grief you know, they're grieving because of what's happening and what's going to happen and all the things that will happen, but the death has not happened. <laughs> and um, so they started that program.
0: Yeah, wow. The, um, and, and just with the pandemic and, and, and COVID and, and people's uh, health, uh, chronic health conditions, that, that's such a great, uh, great resource. Yeah, thanks. I I wasn't aware of that. Thanks for letting me know.
1: Yes, it's it's um it's an advanced serious illness uh for pathways. Oh, they have to be ill.
0: Yeah. The uh so you 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 did grad school for for eight years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any uh, suggestions or um advice for? Um, moms or, or, or dads, um, anyone uh, wrestling with the idea of, of, of going back to school for, uh, to finish college or going back to, to school to, to, uh, to grad school and get a master's degree?
1: I think you just have to know yourself. Um, like I said, for me, it was really important to be able to stay home with my kids as much as possible. Um, sometimes I think back and I think, you know, I could have knocked it out in three years (laughs) and, (laughs) um, and then I would have had all this time left with my kids, but I, I don't regret it. Um, doing it the way I did it. Um, because, you know, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And, um, and so that for me was important. So I think my advice is to just know 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 what you're okay with and and what you're not okay with and there's no right or wrong way to do it i mean there's no you know you're not a bad parent if you decide to knock it out in three years (laughs) i mean um and you're not a superstar parent if you decide to take one class a semester for eight years Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah just to really to really think through those things and, and what you're okay with and what is important to you.
0: Nice. So I, I do talk therapy with adults. I, I do not know what, um, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I've helped uh, with case conference uh, uh, at the school for a little bit. So I've seen videotapes of, of, of sessions of, of uh, therapists, um, students working with, with kids. Uh, but we would love to hear your thoughts on what it's like to do counseling uh, with children and, and what ages do you see and what do you see them for?
1: I see, well, I say zero to young adult and parents. The zero, one, two, three age really is is parenting. Um, I, not, not kids in my office by themselves, but... Um, Uh, I, I see kind of your typical anxiety, you know, depression stage of life issues, but I also, um, what's more kind of, I don't know, unique to me or, or more of my, where I really like to land is, um, working with kids that are neurodiverse whether that, whether that's on the autism spectrum or learning disabilities um or other uh you know um gifted kids um Mm. death and dying and then high conflict divorce (laughs) kind of really three very separate things
0: (laughs) oh yeah so so, uh can can you um share a little bit about those those different groups
1: um like what in particular
0: (laughs) yeah so um, for, for, um, for, uh, kids on the autism spectrum, uh-huh. uh, when, when do you typically see that showing up like at what ages and then, and what do parents notice or struggle with, um, be, before they see you?
1: Um, you know, it's a spectrum. Um, and so, it can, I think it can show up various times, um, just depending on where they land on the spectrum. Sometimes things are really obvious this, you know, things are going on and sometimes it's not so obvious until they're in school and having a hard time making friends or they're, um, you know, um, just having meltdowns that are not what a parent would typically think that their child should be having right now. And so that's, so I don't, I can't really, I don't know how to answer your question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. About when exactly, um, um, I'm not an expert by any means on any of these, um, it's just where my interests lie um, and I'm learning all the time. Mm. Um, so when I work with kids on the spectrum, a lot of it's around, um, you know, being able to pick up on social cues and and helping parents um interact with their kids in a way that can be helpful to their child you know like whether it's um picture charts so the, the kiddo knows what to expect that could make the day go a lot easier <laughs> um or you know talking about transitions transitioning from home to school because transitions are often hard mm. for kids on the spectrum um, and, and then just, you know, with the kids, like I said, the, uh, the social stuff, reading social cues from their peers and, and how to, um, maybe how to, uh, enter into a group of kids or, or just things that we kind of take for granted that, you know, how to, you know, you send your child out to go play and they go play with their friends and, but some kids need to learn how to do that, um, a little bit more prescriptively. Mm -hmm.
0: So you're really helping them a lot with, with, uh, social dynamics, uh, relationships, making Mm -hmm. friends and and, uh, interacting with others.
1: Yeah. And then how to also do things that, um, you know, when they get, when kids get overwhelmed and this is true for just kids in general, when they get overwhelmed and get dysregulated, how to things that we can do to come back You know come back down (laughs) get grounded um take a breath take take a break go do something that um gets us out of that place
0: yeah the uh, when i work with adult clients one of the things that they 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 share with me is maybe struggling with anger or their emotions when they were younger uh, if you, if uh, a listener is a parent and they're, they're struggling uh, with their, their child or their, their child is struggling with uh, managing their emotions, regulating their emotions, how, how can a parent tell if that's just them being immature and being a kid versus maybe it would be helpful to, to work with a counselor? um
1: I think it's I think if it's impacting your life in some way that you're kind of at your wit's end or you're just not sure how to deal do with this I think it's always okay to work with a counselor I don't think counselors um are your last resort Mm -hmm. and I think that um you know kind of getting that message out there that you know we're here to help and learn a few new tools in your toolbox to put in your toolbox, to put in your parenting know-how book. (laughs) Um, and just to help you along the way, um, is a great way to get that message that, you know, uh, counseling, isn't like always some big mental health crisis that is scary. And we don't talk about it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're there, we're there to help. And and um, hopefully, hopefully we can. And if we can't, hopefully we can refer. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, I like that. It 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 doesn't have to be awful or everything falling apart before asking a right. counselor for help, with, especially with parenting challenges. Yeah.
1: and it doesn't have to be long drawn out either. Um, you know, uh, it kind of depends on where you are with your child and where you are as a parent, you know what you're wanting to get out of it. I mean, maybe, you know, you just need some some parenting advice and some parenting help in a different way to look at your child and a different way to try a few different things at home and maybe that's all you need. Mm. And you know, you're good to go and and but maybe it's it's longer.
0: Yeah. So, well, what has it been like to do Counseling with with children and families this last year with with the pandemic with the shutdown,
1: it's been a challenge. <laughs> it's been a um, huge learning curve for I think especially for child therapists. Maybe um, not that it hasn't been for other therapists too, but you know adults and and teens are a lot more willing to sit here and talk to you (laughs) Mm -hmm. than kids who, um, are, you know, in my office, I, um, employ a lot of child centered, um, a child centered approach where the child leads and I do a lot of reflecting and they have the run of the room and Mm -hmm. over video. That's, I have just found it a lot harder to do that. I still do. I can still implement that, but I have found that I've had to be more directive, which makes it, um, for me, I have to plan more, (laughs) Mm. and I was not used to that, (laughs) Um, and then just also for me in particular, I am, I'm, you know, getting up there a little bit in that middle age range, and me and technology aren't the best of friends, and I have (laughs) had to, um, go to an EHR and electronic health records that I did not do before <laughs> and oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> learn all about that. And, um, you know, I've learned some cool things too. I have a virtual office that I, um, have made sort of it, it came, um, I bought the slides. So a lot of it came pre done. And then I went through and, and picked things that I wanted to keep and, and, my daughter, my oldest daughter is quite knowledgeable, so she um, helped me do a lot of uh, getting things to where I wanted them on that. But um, I would have never known about a virtual office
0: <laughs> before. Oh, yeah. well, so what's a, a virtual office?
1: Well, it's like I can bring it up. So I share my screen and I bring up um, it's their Google slides and I bring it up my office and I took a picture of my actual inside of my office because I wanted kids to be able to see what they were used to seeing because this is where I do my work Mm -hmm. um, in this room. And um, I took a picture of some of the things that I wanted in there, like um, my couch and and some paintings and stuff like that. And and then you can click on things. uh, Oh, and there's a bit emoji of me. sitting on the couch (laughs) and then you can click on things and um it'll take you to a new screen with um so if we clicked on the basketball for example the the hoop in in the game room we can go play basketball um online type thing um or if we went into the yoga room and we clicked on one of the animals doing yoga it would take us to um a site where kids did yoga and, and I don't use that in place of therapy, but it just in addition, it's just one of my tools that I use. So like if, uh, um, like with one of my clients once when they were, um, dysregulated and we ended with doing some yoga together on, you know, we clicked on the yoga and we did some yoga together and, uh, it was pretty cool.
0: Nice. Yeah. That, that sounds more fun than 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 talk therapy for <laughs> with adults. Yeah. And You're I would have basketball never, and yoga. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would have never known about any of that had there not been a pandemic and other resourceful child therapists across the country um because I belong to Facebook groups that are uh for play therapists or well, who, people who do play therapy. Um I'm not a registered play therapist so I can't call myself that but um but I do play therapy um you know it's they have been tremendously helpful and getting ideas and somebody said hey I've done this and other people were like wow how can we get that yeah nice.
0: yeah we're we're all trying to just get through this together so like uh learning and and um uh, learning from each other and and, sh- and sharing what we're learning it that that's been a, a big part of the support on online it, yeah with with Facebook groups it's really neat. Um, I'm, I'm curious Priscilla um, your your recommendations or, or advice for for families uh, where their their children are maybe struggling uh, academically. um with like online school, um, and uh, it's hard.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there, I. It's hard. I don't think this is just Priscilla's personal opinion. This is not <laughs> expert advice or anything. I. Everybody is kind of in the same boat, a bit, in terms of you know, it's, it hasn't been what it would have been in, in person. And even though some kids have pretty much quit, (laughs) um, you know, maybe they check in for their morning meeting and that's it. Um, and other kids are still doing the work. I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I don't think the vast majority of kids are going to be hugely behind, I mean, who are we comparing it to? The rest of the United States? (laughs) I mean, Mm. I I don't know. Um, I think that, uh, so academically, I don't think they're gonna be, I don't think we should worry as much as I think people are worrying about the academics. Um, The
0: academic piece, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Social, emotional, it's taken its toll and, you know i i've seen an uptick in anxiety i've with kids um you know just really struggling with not being able to play with their friends or just you know talking through a screen it's not the same and um and then you're st- stuck in your house and your parents are trying to work so they're not always able to give you all the attention that you're needing mm-hmm. um and so that's that's been difficult. Um, hmm. I think that. Can you ask me your question again?
0: <laughs> uh, the what well, if, uh, if a if a parent is concerned about their their child, and you mentioned like the, acad- the ac- academic academic piece versus the, the social-emotional um, uh, ch- challenge. Uh, do, do you have any advice for a mom, for, for example, maybe their son um, is, is, is just checked out, like mm-hmm. is struggling to get, get up and log on, or, mm-hmm. or, sh- or struggling uh, with, with mood um, mm-hmm. and, and, and finding it emotionally hard? To focus and and stay um, get to stay online as much as they need to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I guess I would um, advise them to seek out help, um, seek out a therapist, um, somebody who can, you know, talk with the kiddo and and maybe get to to those deeper emotions and feelings that are going on for them that they're not um, being able to express having that relationship with another adult that's not your mom and dad is important or another person but um, in in terms of a therapist it would be, be an adult um, that connection that you know just every week that somebody can just focus on them mm-hmm. um, and where try to you know figure out where they are i think that's that would be that could be huge Mm -hmm. um and you know support for the parents um to um help them interact with their child in a way that doesn't make it worse um and have a place for the parents to uh express their concerns and their fears and their worries and, and everything like that. Um, I'm, I'm such a, it, each, each kid is unique. I, I don't have a blanket answer for you. Um, mm-hmm. That might be a cop out on my end, but. <laughs>
0: um, oh, no, I, I, I like that. Yeah. There, there's, um, there, there's no, there's no formula uh, like with, with our 3 you yeah what no works <laughs> what works for for for, work for one didn't necessarily work for the others um, and that's I think that's one of the uh, the, the ongoing challenges is we, we figure out what works um, and then uh, with one and then the other one the next one comes along and and it's like, the, the rules are different. Um, right. And then now, like you said, we're all going through this. Now the world is different. Right. And school is different and the way we do um, community. Um, because so, sometimes when we say the word, word community, like it's like our, our church community, or, um, um, but, but school is a community. And when it was taken away that I realized like, oh, it absolutely is a community band or um, just uh, going to school and having recess and eating lunch um, and like you said, interacting with people other than your parents, Mm -hmm. uh, interacting with uh, different teachers uh, throughout the day. uh, That those social connections, um, the school uh, community—it's um, been a, a big loss. Um, and it,
1: it has, and I don't think that people necessarily think about—I don't think adults necessarily think about that they're grieving what they've lost or or have grieved at different times throughout this past year. And I don't think that they—that in general, we think you know kids are grieving grieving this loss too on a very um not necessarily a conscious level but mm. but bodily they're they're grieving what even if they can't put words to it always mm. that that's a real possibility that they're um you know some of what they're dealing with is is grief that's not been acknowledged
0: mm. yeah the uh, I want to ask about uh, children of high conflict divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, uh, as a couples counselor, I've seen more and more um, struggles uh, with, with, with parents, with, with marriages. Um, can you share a little bit about your work with, with families um, and, and children going through that?
1: Yeah. Um- I can share that. For me, it's, I am the children's counselor, which means I am not the parent's counselor. Mm. And sometimes when you have high conflict divorce, the parents want you to be their counselor too. And so you have to, as a therapist, you have to be able to hold pretty good boundaries um, with, with parents that want to just kind of bring you in to the to the conflict. And um, it is always my goal to keep the best interest of the kids in front of the parents. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean I don't work with the parents. I do. Um, and, but things are a little different because they're divorced and because they're high conflict um, with the boundaries and stuff. And, and divorce in general, you know, what you, I say to one parent, I say to the other parent. There's no, no, um, keep the triangulation down. (laughs) There's no, um,
0: you're not favoring one or the other.
1: Yeah. And so, um, and just, you know, try to, I try to impress upon them how, um, important it is for their kid to at least be civil. Um, and, and we work on things like, you know, it's, it's okay that things are different at mom's house than dad's house. And, um, but at the same time, I try to work with the parents that you know where, where are the things that can be the same, so you're not making undue hardship for your child. Um, you know whether that's um, roughly a same routine or you know um, um, you know the same kind of house rules. Maybe not exactly, but, you know, Mm. roughly mom and dad are, we both think that it's not okay for you to play, you know, video games all night long.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In the same ballpark.
1: In the same ballpark. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I uh, I do some uh, coaching with with parents and and with with children and the inconsistency between the two households is, Mm -hmm. is one of the hardest things with healthy behaviors, health habits with healthy eating and um, yeah. physical activity. Uh, but yeah. And the- it can
1: be stressful for kids. I mean, that can, it can put a lot on their shoulders um, to just that inconsistency. And so, um, so I work with, you know, the kids with about that, the stress, the anxiety, the, um, you know, in, in, Maybe indirectly, how not for them to get pulled into mom and dad's stuff, too, mm. because it's really mom and dad's stuff. It's not yeah. theirs to own.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's 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 sad when when uh, at a young age you can start to, to feel like you're responsible mm-hmm. for the conflict or, or or conflict going better and and fixing and solving problems right in the home. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ask this earlier. It's, it's kind of a shift. Uh, but, but, but I, I I do want to ask it with kids that are struggling with anxiety or or stress. What are some of the, like the main things that are causing kids anxiety these days?
1: I think the amount of time they're online, (laughs) Mm. honestly, (laughs) um, I think that, um, it's our, our instant gratification culture. I think that um, ramps up anxiety. I, right now, like you said, the pandemic and being um, away from their peers, away from normal routine, um, the loneliness. Um, um This is just Priscilla again, Priscilla's opinion here. Um, I don't want to speak for therapy community, um, but I don't know, our emphasis on um, doing more more and more, like we, they play sports all year round, they, and, and the same sport, <laughs> and um, they, you know, and it's high competition um and that's kind of become the norm mm, specializing
0: and, in one sport and and just
1: yeah and, doing as and good as you on, can uh-huh being on the traveling team not just the you know rec team mm. um and so there's a lot more pressure there for kids um i think we're teaching in school students earlier and earlier you know you have to know how to read by the time you're in kindergarten and Mm. i and if you don't know how to read uh by the time you're in kindergarten you know you're already behind (laughs) and and then if you have a learning disability that's not recognized you're probably going to get more behind and and it's just that pressure of we have to do more younger um yeah Mm a lot of testing, but again, that is my personal beliefs. I am I'm, mm. I'm a little wary to speak for the, as a therapist on that part, just because that's, I know that it's my, my focus and kind of my soapbox. So.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, um, I have a lot of adult clients who, when we talk about when did, uh, anxiety enter in when did uh, your, your confidence uh, get taken away or, or, or drop is definitely uh, struggling uh, in school academically feeling behind um, you know not not feeling smart enough not feeling good enough and, and starting to compare themselves with other people so, mm-hmm. yeah that's um, but, but I like what you said just the, the pressure. Of, of, of just doing more, being uh-huh. being really really busy, um, yes. and and the competitiveness that's um, that's tough. Um, yeah, the uh, so you're you, it, it it's neat. You're you're helping uh, toddlers and 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 babies, and then all the way uh, up through school age.
1: <laughs> yeah um, so for the the littlest ones, it's more unless unless something an event has happened in their life like a death or something, it's usually more about attachment issues um, with their parents and building strong attachment. Um, yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the um, so uh, as we wind down our our time together today, Priscilla, is there anything uh, else that, like you'd you'd like to to share uh, to to en- encourage listeners?
1: Mm. Um, oh gosh, that's pretty open ended, Savan. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, mm, don't be afraid to reach out to counselor if you think you need help or if you're just feeling stuck um I have uh, um a great book to pick up and read I think no especially if your kids are in the the younger and grade school age is how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk Mm -hmm. um it's a it's good practice to be able to reflect back to your child (laughs) to to reflect back their feeling um and not necessarily tell them what to think or or you know like oh you don't you don't feel that way or or don't say that instead wow that really bothered you that kind of learning that book is great for that and i think that's very helpful um uh parent-child interaction to be able to do that it's it's really helpful for a kid to feel heard and Mm. understood by their parent before their parent um you know maybe offers a another way to do something or offers a different perspective um to to be heard is is huge Mm. because your parent doesn't have to agree with you your parent doesn't have to um give in to what you want but if you feel like they've actually heard you, that makes that connection so much stronger. Um, then you are able to hear them <laughs> say, you know, no or say a different perspective um, than if they just shut you down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like you that you said it's for your, your kids. It's not just teenagers who have Trouble like expressing what they think and feel, like that—that that can get hard even when your kids are young. It can, yeah. yeah. So learning those skills as soon as you can, um, yeah, is is great.
1: And helping them build a, a feelings vocabulary, so that you know when they're young, so that when they're older, <laughs> they have this recall. Oh yeah, this is what I'm feeling. I'm I'm irritated. <laughs> As opposed to just angry, or I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm grieving over this specific thing that I've lost instead of I'm just sad and, and not really understanding why. Um, mm. I think parents can, can really help build that kind of vocabulary along the way. And so as they become older, that they can, kids, teens can hopefully reach into themselves and pull those things out. <laughs> and be able to communicate with their parents.
0: Yeah. C- communicate with their parents and then their, their, their peers. And eventually their, their, co coworkers and, and their, their partners. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I um, can, I tell you a story.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I, I asked my daughter if this was okay to tell, because <laughs> it's yeah. it involves her. <laughs> and she said, yes. <laughs> um, and actually she, I told her about. What it was about and she said when did i get mad at you well that's good you don't remember but um when i think you know when you've got your child and you're you're doing your best there's no perfect parent i'm certainly not a perfect parent i my children can tell you that um but you know when you're doing your best and you're trying to give them the tools to be good communicators and then Give them the tools to understand um, what's going on in themselves, whether they're upset, you know, or um, dysregulated or whatever. How you know, learning to to understand themselves, you might get to a point where you're dropping your child off at college first year, and she's she has a learning disability, and advocacy um, has been important to me. I want her to be able to you know advocate for herself. And it's been a long haul for me because um, the schools are just now beginning to actually recognize dyslexia as a learning disability, even though it's been in the federal guidelines forever. (laughs) But um, so, you know, you might find yourself meeting with the, uh, I forget what he's called the guy who does the, the um, or gal, ours was a guy, who um, is in charge of like accommodations and things like that for students at the college. And you know, you're wanting to advocate and you, you want that college guy to understand. <laughs> and um, you want your daughter to advocate for herself too. So you say things in the meeting and then you say things after words to your daughter you know you really should do this you aren't you going to do this or that just really bothered me and and you kind of maybe go on a little bit too long (laughs) (laughs) and your child gets really upset at you (laughs) and um and we she she was pretty pretty annoyed at her dad and I because we did go on too long and we did with her um saying what we were hoping she would do and um and she got kind of a little snotty which my kids don't actually do that to their parents <laughs> so this was like okay um and so before we did our next activity I was like we we need to talk <laughs> what's what's happening and, and she was able to say to me when you keep bringing it up and you go on and on and on it feels like it's about you and not about me anymore mm-hmm. and I was like you are right. <laughs> mm. And I on the on the mom hand, I was like, oh, I feel like, you know, that big. Mm. On the counselor hand, I was like, awesome kid, you just told your parent exactly how you felt. You weren't mean. You were, you didn't yell at them. Mm. You stated what it made you feel like. And it
0: was <laughs> totally appropriate.
1: Totally appropriate. And brave. Yes. And I, I think parents, you know, as it, it, hard as that was to hear and, and mm. it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of.
0: Of course, you love your daughter. You want what's best yeah. for her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're know, like, you're right. And mm. so parents can say, you're right, without getting defensive. <laughs> mm. You know, what What better relationship? And that's, to me, that's kind of the goal, right? To be able to tell your parents how you feel, state your position, and still have that connection and have your parents hear you and not get defensive and not tell you why you're wrong mm-hmm. and and accept that. And that's that's to me, that's like a in the goal, you know, a win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See to, to have the 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 security the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, healthy uh, connection attachment
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to, to be able to, to sh- share just honestly what you're thinking and feeling. It, yes. It, it's great when you can, those, those moments when you can have that. Yeah.
1: And I want that for my clients.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Priscilla, for for coming on and talking about yeah, it, it, the work that you do uh what uh how can listeners uh learn more about you or connect with you
1: I have a website it's um um that's clockner with a k <laughs> and um i'm in northeast portland and my num- my phone number on there on the website too you can email me or um call
0: yeah and you're doing virtual you're doing online sessions so folks in Oregon could could contact you
1: folks in Oregon and I am actually probably technically hybrid right now (laughs) I have started back in person with just my youngest youngest clients that online has been hard and it's it would just be much better in person so um, so right now I'm just doing one one family the day per day that I work in my office and everybody else is still online. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping (laughs) that, you know, with the um, advancement of the vaccine and um, kids going back to school, I'm gonna wait to see what happens after they go back, you know, kind of see, test the waters to see (laughs) if COVID kind of stays where we are or not. Um, But if it goes well, I, I, would like to increase my um in-person sessions so i'm hoping by you know april end of april to have more kids come in
0: mm-hmm. yeah so right around the time this episode airs that might be <laughs> happening yeah. there
1: you go <laughs> yeah.
0: great. all right thank you so much again priscilla for coming on it's been great talking with you thanks teach you I send my guests questions before uh, we talk and sometimes we don't get to all the questions and I kind of threw some curveballs at Priscilla and uh in this interview uh, she was uh, so gracious to write out some responses that we didn't get to. So uh, she has provided me a list of a bunch of resources, some books and and helpful uh uh, information. So I'm going to be posting that soon, hopefully this weekend, on my website at savanpen.com. So watch for that and I'll put that in the show notes uh, once I get my website updated. My next guest will be uh, Jill Johnson Young and she will be talking about grief. She is an expert on grief and she will talk about. The, the book that she's written on grief the, the groups that she does the trainings for therapists and the work she does with uh, her clients over the years and uh, it's it was a great conversation so I hope you stay tuned for that and once again folks thank you for listening to the podcast and really appreciate uh, the, the subscription to the YouTube channel and uh, to the Facebook group if you haven't already done that, check that out uh, if you like. And let me know if there's any guests or topics that you'd uh, recommend. Uh, If you are a coach or a therapist and uh, would like to share uh, the work that you do, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Things are getting kind of busy here at the end of the year. Uh, This is uh, October. Uh, So Thanksgiving, Christmas get a little intense, but definitely in the new year Look forward to talking to you about the work that you do. Or if you're not a coach or counselor, but you would like to encourage listeners um, in the areas of marriage and parenting or even your own story uh, with, uh, with life and your journey through life or any uh, thing you'd like to share about your journey with emotional and spiritual health, be happy to hear your story. Thanks, guys, for listening. Until next time, take care.